Welcome to the MLM.com podcast. Today, my guest is Jeff Jordan. Jeff is a consultant and he specializes in serving as an interim vice president of sales and marketing for a few companies at a time. This allows his clients to afford the VP of sales and marketing expertise without the expense of hiring a full-time executive. Today, Jeff and I will discuss his recent work as an expert witness, COVID's impact on startup companies, and Jeff's advice on sales strategy. Welcome, Jeff. Okay, welcome, Jeff Jordan. We'll get to, in a little bit, a little bit more about what you do for a company, but I know that you just finished uh, serving as an expert witness in a case, and uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about what an expert witness does in the direct selling industry and you know how, how you ended up or what they what, what to look for in hiring an expert witness? Okay, that'd be great. You know, let me first give a little definition, uh, put some definition to expert witness and tell you a little about who might hire one, right? Um, an expert witness by definition is someone who particularly in common law states like the United States is, is a person whose opinion uh, by virtue of education or could be training, could be some certification or could simply be experience is accepted by the judge as an expert. So the judge may consider the witness's specialized opinion uh, about evidence or facts before the court uh, within the air within the expert's area of expertise, right? So I think with that preface, when you talk about who would hire an expert witness in the direct selling industry, typically as expert witnesses, we're hired by one side or the other of a case, and we're hired by the lawyers. And the purpose to bring us on board is basically to help make their case. Um, and so, it's kind of interesting. Um, these can be these can be fun. They can also be really time consuming. Um, but it, it's fun to to see what's going on yeah. in 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 the work, industry. Yeah, in the industry, and to work in the court as it relates to the industry. You know, one of the things, Nancy, that's kind of interesting when you talk about an expert witness is you know, are you, who are you working for? So you're working, as I said, for one side or the other. So let's, in the case of two companies who, two direct selling companies, you're going to either work for one company or the other. In the case of a direct selling company against a distributor, a prior distributor, as an example, you're going to either work in behalf of the prior distributor or you're going to work in behalf of the company. And so, yeah. you know, when do you need an expert witness, I think was your question. Right. Uh, really, your lawyers are going to, you're going to have, this is not something you use as an expert witness on a small scale. This right. is something where you have legal teams involved that they're going to want to go out uh, and find people who can substantiate, help substantiate their claim, if that makes sense. Yeah. And it's usually a distributor suing a company or a company suing a distributor. True. Um, well, it, there are some of those cases. It's also companies suing companies over oh, something sure. you did when they left this company and went to this company. And right. so they're, they're holding the new company responsible for that 
person coming over. So yeah, um, it can be companies, but yeah, a lot of the cases are um, wrongful termination in the opinion of the distributor. Right. So they think they were wrongfully terminated. So they're going to go after the company. Yeah. And, uh, and try to, to write that wrong, basically. Yeah, sure. Yeah, I think it is interesting. And I, I mean, I, I feel like uh, we're in a pretty good space right now. <clears throat> but every time, you know, a few months go by, that then there's another case that pops up and it's like, oh, maybe right. maybe it, this is just part of doing business, right? It's just part of well, doing business. Well, I think it's part of doing business because everybody has their own opinions. I mean, if, right. we, if we take what is the cause for a termination on the part of a company, the company may, and their lawyers and their compliance people may think they're justified in what they're doing. Uh, the distributor may not. And so right. it's for, uh, and these are not always court cases. These are legal cases where they go to arbitration sometimes, um, where they're preparing to go to court and many cases are settled out of court, you know, yeah. but on the, on the steps, the day of court kind of settlement, typically right. <laughs> everybody pushes it right to the end. Yeah. Um, we're in an industry where not only company owners and company executives, but but top distributors, and I've been all of those things in my career in the yeah. industry. Um, we all we all have an opinion, and we're strong about our opinion. And we're I, I call successful people in direct selling maverick entrepreneurs. Yeah, and uh, as a result of that, there are differences of opinions. Right, and um, what has happened some in the industry is company owners have thought they could do more than they can because of the independent distributor status because right. of the classification right. of being a 1099 employee when you're right. not a when you're not a paid employee that they're holding taxes on they can't dictate what you do and how you do it right exactly um, so that makes a difference too yeah good well i've been asking everyone since we relaunched the mlm.com podcast uh, how you think COVID has influenced the industry? What do you think's happened over the last, I don't know, what are we, what are we 18 months? Yeah, too long. Yeah, too, and, and too long. None of us wanted to be part of, right? No, I didn't. Um, but it is fascinating, right? There are very few things we can point to that the whole world has a common experience. That's it, true. It just hasn't that's really happened true. since World War II uh, that I can right. think of. Even right. then in World War II, there were parts of the world that weren't affected. Uh, but here, that, there were no parts of the world that weren't affected. Well, we don't know about North Korea, but pretty, I'm pretty sure. Pretty sure they yeah. were also affected. Well, Nancy, as you know, I work a lot in the startup arena um, with companies getting started over in my practice over the last... I've been doing consulting for over 20 years, but as a single practitioner for a good share of that. And, and I, um, so working with startups is a little different. So I'll give you two opinions or two answers to your question. Um, how do I think it's affected the industry as a whole? I think some companies prospered and some companies struggled. Yeah. And what I've identified and what other experts in the industry that I've talked to, other vendors, company owners, people I know, friends in the industry, it seems like if a company was able to pivot and move more towards technology and Zoom meetings and 
platforms that allow them to to have virtual meetings and trade shows and stuff that they've they've done well because you know we're a home-based business and so when more people were at home there was more people looking for a home-based opportunity yeah so those companies that figured out how to move and and do it i think they prospered companies who weren't too quick to that change have have hurt um and and have struggled and some of them have gone out of business yeah startup companies i feel like have been during that time frame there were much there were just flat less startup companies starting yeah uh the concern for the world and the economy and the 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 lack of ability to raise investment capital to start a company i mean right what investor was turning loose of their money in the middle of 2020 right 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 so it was a lot harder to get these companies funded and up and going yeah i feel like i feel like now as we sit here you know late 21 um that 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 started to flow again and it's it's working and yeah uh, and companies are entrepreneurs and companies and investors are starting companies again well and i feel like and maybe this is something that's changed i feel like startup companies really rely on that person-to-person meeting much more than big companies do big companies had already started to pick up technology and we're already in the process of doing technology but small companies rely on that meeting hundred people in a meeting and then another hundred meeting people in the next night and another hundred people the next night. Uh, It's just really, I think for startups, still a belly to belly industry. I don't know any way to get a startup, the kind of traction they need on Facebook. Absolutely. Um, That's why I refer to it often. And I know many others do as relationship marketing, right? This is, this is a business that's about relationships with people you have a relationship with. You can do social media. Uh, you can do zoom meetings. You can do phone calls when the relationships already developed. Right. But if you're trying to develop new relationships, it's harder. Right. And, uh, so that's where, that's where the newer startup has had more of a struggle. Yeah. I think as an industry, one of the things I've always loved about, the industry. And I, I absolutely, if I haven't said it before, I'll say it this time and many more times as we talk. I love the direct selling industry. Yeah. Um, I've been doing this full time for 35 years. I raised my kids in this business. My wife and I have been blessed to travel the world. We, we, you know, we've just, we've had a great run and a great time in the direct selling industry. And I love the fact that this is a business that, an average person can create an above average income. Yeah. That the advantage is focus and hard work and stick to itiveness. Yeah. Uh, one of the articles I, I wrote a few years ago uh, was titled, I've never seen anyone fail in network marketing. And then I went on <laughs> to say, I've seen plenty of people get frustrated and quit. Yeah. Yeah. I've never seen anyone who keeps on keeping on fail. Yeah. And so if someone's got, that stick to itiveness and they stay focused and they're with a good opportunity, they can absolutely build an above average income here over some period of time. Yeah. And, and so I love the direct selling industry and what it offers to people. And I believe it still offers that today. Yeah, I do too. And I believe as we come out of, I don't know if I'm, I can, I don't think any of us can say we're coming out of COVID, 
but I think we can safely today say we're learning how to deal with it. Right. I think you're right. I think it will be with us for the rest of my life anyway. Uh, we just have to learn, right? I think companies have to pick up technology rather quickly. Uh, yep. I think that's a, a, a side effect or an outcome of COVID. But I still think that, that they have to meet in person to develop relationships. It's tricky. Totally. Yeah. Totally agree. Yeah. Um, and I hope you're wrong. I, I hope you're wrong. <laughs> Here to stay. Um, I'd like, I'm still one of the believers that it's going to go away, right? Well, it might, it might, it, we might, uh, yeah, I think it, I think it may end up like the flu that every year there's a version of it and we just get a right. shot every year, just like we get a flu shot. Uh, but I, you know, I could be wrong. That, you know, maybe that becomes what it is. Uh, um, yeah. I think we'll be more cautious. I think we'll, you know, I, I can tell you, I've, I've traveled my whole career a lot. I, yeah. I travel for business and I love to travel for pleasure. And, you know, we, uh, the year or two before COVID, um, just on a, on a leisure travel, I was in, in China and Cambodia and Vietnam and, and Europe and Switzerland and Italy and, wow. and, uh, in, in the couple of years before COVID. And of course, you know, 2020, we didn't go anywhere. Right. Um, starting to go again now. Right. Um, it's different. Traveling's very different today. It's much more tedious. The requirements are greater. You got to yeah. have lots of documentation to show. And yeah. and, and I'm, I'm, I'm okay with that. It, 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 it gives me a more of a feeling of when I am traveling that the other people who have jumped through those hoops also are are safer and should be there. So, well, I like knowing that they're cleaning the airplane because I don't think they were cleaning the airplane before. <laughs> I think you're totally right. They've also done things, they've also done things now with an air exchange, right? In all the airplanes that I don't think they were doing before. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, I think in many ways, COVID's made our world a safer place to live. Yeah. Because people have stepped up to try to continue to do commerce and right. the direct selling industry is is no exception to that. Yeah, um, I agree. I really believe, and I think a lot of the, you know, professionals and people who predict things, uh, that the direct selling industry is going to grow a big yeah. time over the next three to five years. Yeah. We're going to see as yeah. people have learned they can work from home. Right. And I think that's, I think you hit on something really critical there that we haven't talked about with anyone else, right? People have learned to work from home. Uh, That's right. it, it used to be a, a bo bothersome, right, to do that work and the kids come in and the kids go out. And so you just don't do it. Well, if yep. now everybody does it. So, of course, I want to pick up a little side gig. I uh, got to do it from home. Uh, sure. Who cares? I got I got it all right. set up. I've got a camera. I've got lighting. I've got back, right. you know, uh, it's not my bed behind me. It's a nice drop back. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know. That's uh, I have a chair that I can sit in. All those things that we didn't have before, we all have them now. So, yeah, sure. I think you're right. And I guess, you know, one of the things I, I do when I'm training um, distributors or speaking is I talk about nuggets of information. And and nuggets are, are unique things that, like, the light goes on or, the, you know, it's the, the, the flip of a switch. It's an aha moment, if you yeah. will. That's a nugget. And to me, we just hit on an aha moment on this call. Yeah. We just hit on a nugget of information 
that if you're listening to this call and you're working in the direct selling industry, you're if, if you put correct focus on offering a home-based business to people, your success will go up from what it would have two years ago. Yeah. Because people are more, more attuned to direct to, to doing something from home. Right. The other thing that's, that is out there in the media, you know, traditional companies, I, they're struggling as they try to bring people back because people don't want to come. I'm back. not going back. I'm not going back. Yeah. I want yeah. to work from home. Uh, exactly. And, I can get up and stretch my legs. Yeah. I, exactly. Yeah. I, yep. It's just, I'm, I'm comfortable at home. I want an apple instead of what I brought for a treat uh, right. in my bag. Right. I go and get an apple. It's right there in the kitchen. I don't have to yeah. uh, go, oh, well, I brought tomatoes and I don't want tomatoes. Right. I've got just a, there's just a lot of little things about working from home that are great. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I want to make sure we talk about one of the things that you're very well known for, and that's sales strategy. What tips would you give to companies uh, or distributors on uh, good advice on sales strategy? Well, the first question I ask my clients, and this, this probably applies more to a company than a distributor, but this can absolutely apply to a distributor, is I always use the phrase, I say, if you were gonna build a new house, if you bought a piece of land, somewhere around you, wherever you live, and you a lot or a piece of land and you're gonna now build your dream home, okay? Would you do that without a set of plans? Would you, Nancy, would you? No, no. No. I don't no, need you, I don't need a shed that's been slapped up like my dad used to build. I don't need one of those. Exactly, okay? <laughs> if you wanna see what, you know, what infrastructures look like where there, there aren't plans, go to third world countries right, and look exactly. at the sides of the hills, right? Yeah, right. Um, what's interesting, however, is that on a regular basis, I talk to a distributor who has big dreams, but when I say, what's your strategy, what's your plans? It's like to talk to people, you know, they haven't really thought about putting together a set of plans for their business. Sometimes this happens with company owners and company owners will say, well, I'm using my own money or three of us put the money up. We don't need a business plan because we're not raising capital. And I say, well, there's two kinds of business plans. Okay. <laughs> there's a show plan that you use to raise capital and there's a go plan that you use to run your business with. Yeah. So what I'm really talking about here is a go plan. Like what's your, what's your strategy? What have you listed out? How are you going to go about this? What are you going to do? Um, and, and have that in writing and, and, and then follow that plan. Yeah. And we, we all let's go back to building the house. How many times, if any of us, anybody listening has built a house, and I certainly have, how many times halfway through do you change the plans? Okay. Yeah. It's totally fine. Sometimes you have to go get them reapproved. Sometimes you can make tweaks and change a wall or whatever without getting it reapproved. But at least you've got a basis you're running from. And when you make changes, they're not, they're not dramatic or drastic changes their adjustments right and so i think that's really important so the first thing is got to get a business plan then the next thing i try to teach people is what what's your folk i i call it focus of attraction what's your focus of attraction and by that i mean are you going to go after customers are you going to go after distributors or are you going to be going after leaders who are proven in our industry. 
Those are three very different categories. Right. You go after those people very differently. Absolutely. And if you don't know what your strategy is and you're just going to willy nilly say, well, I'm going after anybody who's interested. Well, that's not probably a, a focused enough strategy to make your business work. Yeah. Yeah. The other thing I say to company owners is in many cases, I say to them, you know, what's your, uh, if we're talking about your business, um, I say to them, whose job is it to recruit? And almost always company owners will say it's the distributors. And I'll always tell them, no, it's not. It's yours. Yeah. And until your company is solid and stable and successful, you got to always look that when you point one finger out, you got four fingers pointing back. Right. 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 And, and it's just critical that you recognize that that's your job. That's what you're doing. Um, and you stay focused on that. And then we could go into lots of other stuff. I don't, how much time do we have today? Uh, we, we have about five minutes. So, okay. Well, we'll save some of this for another conversation more detailed. Yeah, let's do it. But, um, as a, you know, as a leader, you know, where are you going to, you know, when you design this thing, where are you going to spend your money? You know, and, and what areas are you going to recruit in? So, and then what are your new, what are the recruits you're recruiting? What are their desires? I could spend 10 minutes or more on when you're recruiting what people are looking for. Yeah. And being sure that your offering has that. And generally speaking, if you're in the direct sale industry, your offering has what you need. The question is, do you know how to present that offering? Right. Do you know? Do you know how to present that correctly? So that might be another topic for another time. Yeah. Um, and then talking about leader acquisition and how to go about that. And where are the areas? Where do you find these distributors? Right. Uh, we don't live in a world today where you go and you recruit someone who brings their whole team with them. Right. That's That gets back into these legal issues. Well, yeah, we then we're, we're back about. at stage and, one. Yeah. And, yeah. <laughs> we live in a world today where what's, where are you going to go to find these people? Um, how are you going to find them? Where are they? And what kind of strategy or discussion are you going to use when you're recruiting them? Um, and how are you going to develop a relationship? Because back to, you know, back to the discussion earlier, this is relationship marketing. Right. And so if you can get people, um, who have, who, you know, understand in that relationship you're developing with them, um, that, you're looking to develop a long-term relationship. And if you don't include them today and you're both leaders in the industry, let's stay friends long-term and, and you know, let's, and I've got some little key phrases I can teach people that really lets, lets you connect in with people and become friends with, with allies in the industry. And that's really what you want at the corporate level. You want to be friends with other owners, right? At the distributor level, you want to be friends with other distributors and network with other people who are doing what you're doing people get this blinder concept that I can only be friends with people in my company. Yeah. The reality is this is a big industry. Let's be friends with people who are, you know, you know, you're already getting the training on what the people in your company are doing. Yeah. How about what another company? Yeah. What are other people doing? Right. Exactly. Yep. Yep. Yeah. So let's, uh, let's end today on, you know, if somebody hires Jeff Jordan, what does Jeff do for them? Well, 
I, my practice today as a consultant for companies is what I call interim or fractional VP of sales. Okay. Every company needs a director of sales or a VP of sales, but no new companies can or should afford that person. Right. So what I've done, I've done a lot of stuff in the industries and industry, and I can consult on lots of different topics, but I really like to focus on field and field development. Yeah. And how do we make the offering right? How do we make the comp plan right? How do we make the literature right? The website right? Everything so it attracts people correctly. And then we go out in the market and we strategize. And and one of the things we can do is put together a a leader program or a chairman's team or a presidential founder team where right. it's an offering to attract key leaders. Uh, and we can, we could do a whole topic on that, you know, on how companies could do that. Right. And, that's, and, and then, you know, so I come in and function in that role. I work with three to five clients at a time. Okay. And because my, you know, I can, what I'm paid can be shared across three to five companies. They can pay a lot less, but have the expertise. Right. And exactly. When you have an expert who knows what they're doing and knows how to help, especially if there's people in that company that I can direct on what they need to do, man, for a, a, a share of my time, you can get all you need to get your company operation. Yeah, great. That's fantastic. Well, thanks so much for sharing your expertise with, with us today. Uh, it's been insightful as always, and I appreciate you uh, and your work in the past on MLM.com and for supporting us as we're relaunching here. So thank you, Love Jeff. Love to, it'd be great. Okay, Thanks great. everybody. Thanks Jeff, bye. You bet, bye. Thank you so much for joining the MLM.com podcast. I wanna thank Frankie. She's leaving us as producer and editor. Uh, she's been a fantastic help. Uh, I don't know how I'll live without her, but welcome to Leroy who will be doing the audio help and editing in the future. This has been the MLM.com podcast, bringing you information and insight into the direct sales industry. Join us next time.